from the Gospel of Luke in the third chapter. Listen for what the Spirit is saying to the church today. In the 15th year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judah, and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip, ruler of the region of Iturea, and Trachonitis and Lysanias, ruler of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Ananias and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all of the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough ways made smooth and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. This too is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Let us pray. Holy God, dawn from on high, prepare us to receive your message. Help us to, to hear and to understand and to follow. Amen. So you've noticed, I'm sure, that we've been doing a, a new thing uh, around the Advent wreath this year. We asked some members of the church uh, to lead us in engaging the Advent season by hearing from the Bible about what it means to wait for Jesus. And we are using the candles to help us think about a specific aspect that we pray Jesus will help us with as we wait. Last week, uh, Cindy and Jill lit the hope candle. This week, we are thinking about peace as Kate and Jenny lit the peace candle. We are hearing in Luke's gospel about John the Baptist as we ponder peace. In the reading that accompanied the lighting of this peace candle, Zechariah prophesied about his baby boy, John, who was still in his mother Elizabeth's womb. He prophesied his son would come with a message of hope for the world, hope that would guide our feet into a path of peace. John the baptizer came with a message to prepare the way for the coming Messiah to prepare the path of peace. Peace is probably the word that we say the most in this church. If you think about it, we pass the peace each Sunday. And when we do, most of you very nearly tell every other person in the room, peace be with you. What does it look like when peace is with you? How does that feel? What has to happen in us, in our communities, for peace to be with us? And how is a path of peace prepared? In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word that's most often translated as peace is shalom. I don't, I don't often like to quote 
words we don't know, but shalom is, is, has become a word that, 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 we, that we do hear a lot in, in uh, Jewish and Christian life. Shalom is the Hebrew word for peace. Shalom is a general sense of well-being. Shalom comes from God, and God is shalom. There is hope of a future shalom promised by the prophets, a shalom that means salvation, peace for our bodies and souls for eternity. There's also a hope for shalom among the nations. The Messiah, Jesus, is called the Prince of Peace, so he is shalom. Jesus is shalom. John is to prepare the way for shalom and to guide our feet into the path of shalom. But I think we can agree the world now as it is, and even the world then as it was, was a world that felt pretty far from shalom. Before Luke shares the now grown-up John's message, he gets very specific about the world that John was living in, the world that the Word was born into. It's a world filled with secular and religious power brokers, politicians from uh, the Roman Emperor Tiberius, the governor of Judah, Pontius Pilate, down to the local leader, Herod. Luke tells us who's running religious life, too, at the time, like who the bishops are. Many of these names will appear again in Luke's gospel in relation to Jesus' death. Luke makes it clear that the world John has come to prepare for the Messiah is one dominated by the empire. Politics on every single corner. With all of these power players knocking around, you can bet that peace is something that's hard to find. With all these egos, the arrival of the true Lord is bound to face some challenges. Jesus comes into the world with a promise to turn everything on its head. Mountains will be made low, valleys filled, crooked, winding roads will be made straight. Emperors, princes, presidents who think they should have their face on a mountain will be made low, valleys filled. The poor, the marginalized, the left out and left behind, lifted up. In Jesus' kingdom, peace, shalom, is the mark of true power, not huge armies and soaring economies. In Jesus' kingdom, we love our enemies. We do good to those who hate you. The poor are blessed, and woe to the rich. Everything flipped, turned upside down. John the baptizer sets the stage for a lot of conflict on the path to peace. In the Bible, peace, shalom, it's not only political. And in fact, the shalom of God clashes with any power that resists God's justice and God's peace in the world and in our individual lives. Shalom is not some mushy, sentimental peace. Shalom does not hide from conflict. It deals seriously with everything that stands in the way of complete reconciliation with God. We say that Advent is a season where we wait with expectation for the coming of our Lord. 
But it's not only waiting, it's also preparing. John says, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. Recently, I I met a a gentleman uh, who was going through a hard time. And he definitely was not feeling shalom. He had some major health needs. He was feeling quite overwhelmed. And I listened to him for a long time, began to make a list of of some services where I I thought that he might find some help. Every idea I suggested, he had an answer to why that wouldn't work and was not worth even trying. I told him I thought there were some real opportunities for him to be helped. But it boiled down to this. He said, can you just make the calls Can you just handle it for me and then call me when it's all worked out? I'll just wait. This gentleman was perfectly content with waiting indefinitely for the help available to him. But he was not interested in doing much of it at all himself. Advent isn't about just sitting back and waiting for God to take care of it all for us. We'll just wait while God sorts out our problems. We'll let God handle the poverty. We'll let God handle the hunger. We'll let God come and fix the violence and our schools. Just call us when it's all worked out. John says that there's work for us to do in God's mission of shalom. We are to help prepare the way. Not sit back and grouse about what's wrong and how someone really should be doing something about it. Discipleship, faith, and following Jesus is a hands-on thing. It's participatory. John came to prepare the way of peace, but he's not looking to do all the work while we sit back and supervise. It's really incredible when you think about it that God includes us. God includes us in God's work. God gives us the dignity of participating in improving our own communities. We know we can't do it without God, but neither does God say, you just sit down, I'll do it myself. No, God came to us as Jesus and said, here is my kingdom, receive it. And now let me show you how to live in it. Let me show you how to live life. Let me show you how to love. It's done this way, you see? And now you try. Jesus is not only our savior, he's also our teacher. He teaches us how to be in the world, to be together. Now we must show what we have learned. Prepare the way of peace. Shalom is also personal. Shalom is a state of being one with God. Sin, on the other hand, is that which is keeping us from being one with God. Shalom does not ignore the sins of the people. In fact, the road to Shalom passes through the land of judgment on the way to holiness. God's work of preparing the path for peace, it starts with his call for a baptism of repentance, of turning around, turning our lives in a different direction. His call for us is to prepare the way by honestly examining our own lives and removing from ourselves, with God's help, those things that keep us from being at peace with God and God's community. So maybe it's, maybe it's shame that's got a hold on you this Advent. 
And so accepting that God has truly forgiven you, accepting that you are made in the image of God, is part of preparing the way for peace. Or maybe there's some deep hurt that you have experienced, and and part of reaching peace is, is talking to somebody about it, talking maybe to a counselor and discovering some ways that you might begin to heal so that you can know deeply in your being the shalom of God. Maybe there is a relationship that is either unhealthy or, or that you know leads you away from God. Maybe there's something that you are experiencing or feeling or something that is happening to you that telling somebody about may help. This is a time, this Advent season, this is a time when we can take a good, honest look at ourselves and name those things that are standing in the way of our personal peace. And to prepare for peace in our own hearts. Expect it. Think we deserve it, even. John was out in the wilderness calling people to come to the river. Come to the river. Enter these waters. Let them wash you. Watch as your sins, as those things that keep you from God, just wash on down the stream. Pass through to the other side, refreshed and renewed with a commitment to sticking with Jesus on the road to Shalom. Prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare the way of peace in your own heart. Finally, the path to peace is universal. It's not just for those who are like us or that we've decided that Jesus loves because they fit the right theology or the right worldview. John says, and I'm quoting the Bible, And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. All flesh shall see the salvation of God. Jesus came for everyone. Even those that we think don't belong or haven't worked as hard. God's justice does not mean fairness. Nowhere in their Bible does it say that God helps those who help themselves. Not on a single page. God helps those who cannot help themselves, and God expects those who can help themselves to help others. To prepare the path of peace means that we prepare the path for all flesh, all people, even those that we don't like very much, to see the shalom of God. And beloved, that also means that we never walk on the way alone. We walk mindful that we are making a path for those who are following us and looking as guides along the way. When we lived in Georgia, we were just a a short drive from the beginning of the Appalachian Trail. Every year, uh, we would take some of the elementary age kids from Morningside Presbyterian Church on a five-mile hike on the Appalachian Trail. There was a sign at the trailhead that said, this portion of the trail is maintained by the Georgia Appalachian Trail Club. As we would hike, I would say a little thank you to God for them because they prepared the way for our pack of Presbyterian progeny who were prone to wander. I imagined these hikers going before us, walking for miles with 
paint to, to put those blazes on the trees so that we wouldn't lose our way. Carrying saws with them to cut up trees that fell along the path. Keeping the path clear of poison ivy to protect those little ankles. Now that we live in Pennsylvania, we are still just a few miles from the Appalachian Trail. I was out there the other day thinking how amazing it is that there's this set of mountains uh, that this crooked path would lead all the way back to Georgia. And I noticed a sign that said this portion of the trail is maintained by the Susquehanna Appalachian Trail Club. From Georgia to Maine, over 2,180 miles of trails. And there are people out preparing the way for hikers. All those seeking the healing power of God's natural wonders. But friends, this Advent, let us be part of those who prepare the way for peace. Let us dig into our hearts and examine and present to God that which has been holding us back. Let us examine our community for whatever is keeping us from experiencing the well-being of Shalom as a neighborhood, as a city. Let us work to clear the way, tend the path, expect that there are little feet coming behind us. Let us make the path ready so that the hundreds of kids in our own community who are living in extreme poverty may find ahead a clearer path, a path for peace. For in taking up the work to begin to see what God already sees, all flesh that is embraced by God's unconditional shalom, the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high, breaks upon us as well. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.